the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In last week's episode, we looked at the negative reactions we can have to the Holy Spirit. This week, in our sixth part in the series, we look at the positive reactions. The main reading is 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Um, last uh, week and the uh, Sunday before, we looked at the, our negative responses to the Holy Spirit, who He is, what He wants to do in us. Um, so I thought, well, um, that was negative. Well, the easiest thing to do is do the positive, isn't it? Um, how, how, do we, how do we counteract that? And it's obviously easy. It's the opposite of all the negative things we looked at. So we need to look at those. Um, the opposite contrasts uh, to what we looked at last week. Um, and the first thing we, we see is uh, ignorance, didn't we? We talked about ignorance, not knowing who he was, what he wanted to do. And uh, there's lots of things. You can write those down. You can, on that, um, there we talked about um, what Jesus said he, uh, the Holy Spirit would do, all the signs and symbols. Then we, we looked at his work and what his continual work is, is for us, in us, through us. Um, and uh, so the first thing, it, the opposite of ignorance is what? Knowledge, to know, to know. And uh, if there's anything that God wants more than anything else is to know us and for us to know him. Um, uh, We see that right from the beginning of time. It was Jesus who took the initiative, wasn't it? Uh, The the Father who took the initiative, God who took the initiative and searched for Adam and Eve. Where are you? Where are you? It was him who came down in the cool of the day to spend time with Adam and Eve. And so we see it's God's initiative. And of course, um, why did Jesus die? Not just to save us from our sins, but to bring us back into the family, isn't it? didn't just forgiveness of sins, is it? Is it we said his work is to regenerate us, to make us children of the living God. Um, uh, let's read those verses. Uh, the, we know the, 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 the uh, church, uh, Revelation 3. Uh, 14 to 20, but we see God's heart here. And unto the angel of the church of the Elysian twice, these things say, Say the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works that thou art manner, cold nor hot. I know that thou works cold nor hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my hand. remember that's that's messages to a church to the church in Laodicea and uh, we can be just as self-deceived sometimes 
as the people of the world. Thinking we are something or thinking we are somewhere where we're not. And that's why in a minute with the last few verses is for us to be open and honest. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes and searches. He knows. Of course he knows. And that's why we always need to be open before him so he can say, Dave, well, you're my son. Bless you, Dave, but there's a bit of work to be done. <laughs> there's this, this, and this. He doesn't actually give us a, a full catalog of all the things that need to be done or we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? be a long catalog, of course. One thing at a time, Jesus is, is changing. But that's, we, but you know, his heart. Who was standing knocking? And, and of course, the context there, we've looked at it before. He's standing and he's set fast, isn't he? he he's not just like some of us. We, remember we used to play knock, knock, ginger, didn't we? Some people did. And, and you'd have one, one quick knock and he'd be gone, wouldn't he? But no, Jesus Jesus knocking and knocking and knocking. And the great thing about it is this. The Bible says anyone who hears, open the door and I will come in. And what's his heart? To come in? And the word is sup. We've looked at that word sup before. It's the last meal of the day, isn't it? Breakfast, up in the morning, breakfast, out to work all day. Lunch, you had lunch at work in those days. Um, a packed, packed lunch by the side of your work. Then you came home and then you relaxed. You rested and you, it was unhurried, unhindered time of, of that supper, of that dinner. Why? Because there was no TV. There was nothing, nothing to go here, there, nothing to distract you. You'd talk over the day. You'd spend time over the day. And that's the, what you, so that's, the, that's his heart. I want to come in and I want to spend time with you. Unhurried, unhindered, unrushed time with you. That's the Father. So that's what God wants us to know. And see, the more we know him, the less ignorant we are of what he wants to do. And when we get to that place, um, there's something that happens to us. We looked at on Sunday our ambition. And we see Paul here, and what was his ambition? Uh, Philippians 3, 7 to 11. And whatever good gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. I'll have the righteousness of my own that comes from the law, and that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, because I give him his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. See, that should be our test. You see, the, the, the test sometimes of a real salvation is what, what is our delights? Uh, what is our desires? What are our dreams? And uh, you see, when we have an encounter, we real encounter with Jesus, um, of course, many people will say, yeah, I believe, I know. But has there been a real encounter and a real dramatic change of those, those things in our life so we can say, like Paul, I want to know Christ. He said, this is what I did have. And um, in the world, as we said on Sunday, he had everything, didn't he? He had influence, wealth, um, uh, a, bit, a bit of authority, a bit of power. Uh, but he said, I, I count all that as excrement why because he had an encounter with jesus and this was eternal 
This is no, no, no longer the things of this world, the worldly ambition, the human ambition, but holy ambition. And uh, but, uh, see, that's got to grip our hearts, to know the Lord or to know him, to know him more and more. Opposite of ignorance is to know him. Thank you, the Bible said, I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. He's given us his word, so we know who he is, his character, um, and that's why we need to devour it. We'll just look at that in a moment. Uh, the, power, the power of worship, ah, the wonder of worship. Sometimes we forget that, don't we? And again, towards the end, we'll, we'll, we'll forget, we, we get complacent because we get familiar and that's a dangerous place to be. So ignorance. God wants us to know him. He's given us the ability. He's opened the way up. Or that we would set our hearts to know him. How do you get to know somebody? You spend time with them. Um, how do you know your wife or your husband or uh, your children? You ask them questions. And you wish you hadn't after, of course. Um, you, you, there's, there's a question. There's, there's communication. We understand that. That's just basic. And that's why he said to the, to the, uh, the Corinthians, and I'm talking to sensible people, he said. <laughs> Although if you read the Bible, read the book, they weren't too sensible sometimes. Um, I think I don't need a bit of flattery there. But anyway, so ignorance, knowledge. Next one we talked about fear. God has not given us a spirit of power, but of love, power, timidity, cowardice, but of love, power, sound mind. Of course, last time we said that fear comes from actually not looking. Ignorance comes from not learning. Fear comes from not looking. Remember, we talked about Moses. The Bible says Moses, looking to Jesus, looking to eternity, did not fear Herod's edict, Herod's wrath. Why? I don't know about you, but that's, that's, that's an amazing, you know, quite a bland statement. And when we take it in, remember now, uh, this was not imprisonment by Herod, was it? Herod, Pharaoh. It wasn't, it wasn't imprisonment in those days, was it? As we said, it was, you know, death. Uh, but he wasn't afraid. Why? Because he saw his eyes were heavenward. And that's us to, to tonight. When we are in fear, now there, when the Lord asks us to do something, there's always a bit of trepidation, but it should not be fear that paralyzes, because then we're not understanding who's, who's asking us to do these things. Remember when Jesus uh, asks us, he's going to be with us, he's going to provide, he's going to protect. Um, now, interesting with Jesus, sometimes he doesn't turn up, or we think he doesn't turn up to the last minute, does he? And we were holding on, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm sinking you, I'm sinking you. And just at the right moment, he comes. What is that? Well, that's just to check your faith and my faith, because sometimes, uh, ah. First one, our eyes on him, not to fear. Matthew 6, 28, Oh, 
Is fuel for fear, isn't it? Oh dear me, it, f- it fuels into, into fear. But what does he say again? Jesus is just trying to get attention. He said, Look, look, open your eyes. It's how you see things, isn't it? Look at the birds of the air. Do they fret? No, he said, The Heavenly Father knows what they need and feeds them. Look at the lilies of the valley, just an, a plant. God knows, God clothes. See. Open your eyes. See, when, of course, the whole beatitude is all about Father, isn't it? When we know who he is, we do not fear. When the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, leading us, guiding us, he knows what he's doing. He knows best. He's a good father. He gives us good gifts. He wants to fill us to overflowing. And when we begin to move in the spiritual gifts, God help us. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. That could be a bit of trepidation then because you're thinking, ooh, ooh, Lord, you just dropped that into my heart. Wow, I'm going to have to go and speak to somebody or going to speak into, a, into a, a situation. Trepidation, yes. Fear, no. Why? Because he's father. He's a good God. He's a good father, and he knows what we need. He's a God of provision, of course. Uh, how about Matthew 14? Empowered by the Lord to walk on water, you say, Dave, that's an that's an amazing thing, absolutely amazing. Of course it is. Uh, but when we are walking with Jesus, He asks us, and it, we can do amazing things, can't we? Not because of us, because of who's empowering us. But again, we've got to be careful. What does the Bible is very clear, isn't it? When He stopped looking at Jesus, He looked at the winds and the waves and the fierceness of them. The Bible says He begins to sink. So again, the antidote to fear is who we're looking at. If we look at our circumstances, at our crisis, our cares, we will sink. That's why keep our eyes on him. When he kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked on the water. Again, a similar story, isn't it? Of power, but protection. The Bible says Jesus was in the boat and the storms were, obviously we, we can gather by the storm. It was a fierce storm, probably and a, a natural storm because these were fishermen. So they knew what a natural storm looked like. And of course, when he gets to the other side of the, of the, uh, the sea, he, he's going to deal with that demoniac. So we maybe surmise it was uh, something supernatural of this storm. Either way, Jesus was in the boat and they were afraid. Why were they afraid? Because they were looking at the storm and not at Jesus who was sleeping in the boat. Sleeping in the boat. And uh, they, they kick him, wake him up and say, don't you care? It's a silly question. Don't you care? Isn't it? 
And some, yeah, let me just say, some of us have said that to God, haven't we? Got, we have a situation, difficulty, circumstances, and we've said to God, don't, don't you care, Lord? Silly question. Yet, thankfully, God is merciful. He knows uh, that, uh, that uh, sometimes we say things that we uh, uh, re- regret later on. And he said, be still. Be still. Be still. Why have you of little faith? I was here with you. If you were going down, I was coming down with you. Bless the Lord. So the antidote of fear is to keep our eyes, our focus on him, not anything or anybody else. And uh, Lord, increase our faith. Keep our eyes on you. Well, the other one we looked at was quench, to dampen down, to um, hinder, to, to actually put out the flame, to put out the flame. And of course, the antidote was, the context was there, was, was how our reaction, our response to God's word, 1, 1 Thessalonians 5. A negative reaction to um, the Holy Spirit see, is seen in our attitude and our response to his word. Whether it's God's written word, God's preached word, or God's uh, uh, spiritual gift words. Our attitude to that shows our attitude to the Holy Spirit. And, and if we if we reject, if we s- minimize God's word, we quench the Spirit. Well, what does the Bible say? Um, what do we need for fire? And uh, some of us are old enough to, uh, to have made a fire. What do we do? Well, you need something that's going to they're going to burn. Didn't you? Combustible material. You need oxygen. Eh? Remember, we had to get the, get the poker in sometimes, get the air. And you had something to ignite it. Remember, you should put the paper on the bottom, didn't you? Then the sticks crossways. Get it lit. Put a few more sticks on the top. Get the coal on. And then if you didn't, you get the, put a bit of sugar on. Remember, if it was damp, get a bit of sugar on it. There's a chemical reaction there. Don't ask me how to explain that. And then you'd put uh, a bit of paper in front of it, wouldn't you? To get the draft going, to get the, the air that comes from up through the chimney. That's where you got a chimney for, so you get the airflow. Combustible material. Bless God. God has given us something. That, well, of course, the Holy Spirit is the one who ignites us. But how do we keep that fire going? Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23, 25, 29. I hear the prophets say, the prophets prophesy me lies in my hand. They say, I have a dream, I have a dream. How long will this continue in the heart of those lying prophets who prophesy the delusions of their own minds? They think the dreams they tell them that will make my people forget my name, just as their fathers forgot my name through their worship. Is not my word like fire? Is the fire going out tonight? Get into God's word. It is fire that ignites, that it can be put onto the fire, that gets it going again, that has something to burn. 
Jeremiah, we find it a number of times he says that God's word is, is fire. And I like um, uh, Jeremiah, I'm not sure if it's Jeremiah 20, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, Jeremiah 20. And um, I, again, Jeremiah is, is the weeping prophet, but he's having a go at God, isn't he? He's saying, God, you've, you've, you've deceived me. Is it, thankfully, God loves us to be open and honest, you see? We, we don't keep it open and honest. We, we delude ourselves. And he talked about the prophets there. Oh, they say, now we've got a dream, I've got a dream. He said they are talking out of their own hearts. Got to be very careful. That's why we need Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us so we're not talking our own, our own dreams and visions. Remember, we talked about being led by the Spirit. And many people uh, impose their dreams and visions and say, God has told me. I told you the story before about that young girl in, on, on, a, um, on a camp. She went to the camp leader and said, um, Can you help me? She said, Of course I can. She said, um, I've had seven young men come up to me and said, It's God's will that we should court you. And uh, he said, let me tell you, ignore every one of them. Because we know what we can, we can impose what we want into God's will in, and say, this is God leading me. So we've got to be very careful, get God's word. In. And, and Jeremiah was speaking God's word. And it, wasn't a, it wasn't an encouraging word, was it? Um, because he said, if you repent, God will... But they'd gone past that now. He said, God is going to take you away for 70 years. And then he said, Lord, every time I speak, they, they're abusing me and they, they, I'm getting trouble. This, he said, I've had enough. He said, I'm not going to speak anymore, he said. I'm not going to say anything. And I keep my mouth shut. But the Bible says, I couldn't. Your word within me was like a fire, burning, burning, burning. I had to speak. I had to tell. Lord, that is the fire that we need. Fire of God's word in us to keep the fire going. Stir up the gift. We need to sometimes get the poker of God's word, don't we? The poker is when you stick it in and move the fire about. The fire is just, just drifting and just dwindling away. You get the poker in, open it up, get the wind, get air in it, and it catches a blaze again. And we don't like the poker sticking into us sometimes, do we? It's painful. We like to be... Easy. And what Josh said on Sunday, don't ignore the comfort of the Lord uh, with being in comfort. And we like to be comfortable. We don't want to, oh, we get into a routine, then we're just taking it easy. And God is saying, oh, Dave, you're not going to be too easy for too long because there's more things to be done, more work to be done, more work to be done on you. So the fire of God's word. Also, listen to these lovely verses. Uh, Luke 24, 30 to 22. When he was at the table, then he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to the Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Could not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? What did they say? Remember those, those two men? Disappointed, dejected, and of course, when we disappointed, dejected, it, it, it drifted into that kind of depression stage, and they didn't even recognize Jesus when he was walking with him. He'd been with him three years, didn't recognize him. But the Bible says Jesus walked along, and they began to uh, be in his presence. The Bible says Jesus took them right through the Bible, gave him a Bible study on the way, didn't he? And uh, the, when he was just about to go on, he said, come in. That's always the place where God begins to move. Come in. 
come into the house. They came into the house. The Bible says, as Jesus breaks bread, boom, their eyes were opened. How do we, how we were so blind? Listen to their, their testimony. Were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us by the way, when he opened up the scriptures? He's the one, you see, how do we get on fire for God? In his word, in his presence. Were not our hearts ablaze when we, he walked with us, when he talked with us, when he opened his word thoroughly for us? How do we keep on fire for God? See, you see, do you notice the same pattern? It's very simple, isn't it? It's all about relationship. Spending time listening to him, spending time talking to him, spending time with his family. Bless God. Quenching not the spirit. How are you listening to God's word? Well, the things, again, as we said, God has asked us to do, asked us not to do. And if we haven't put those into place or have not stopped putting those in place, then we quench the spirit of God. We quench the spirit of God. Grieving. Grieving the Well, the opposite of grieving is what? Pleasing. Pleasing the Lord. Instead of grieving him, causing him distress, causing him sorrow, we want to please him. Don't we? Of course we do. What did we read on, on Sunday? Our holy ambition. Paul said, my ambition in life is to always please the Father. In fact, to find out what pleases the Lord. And so the opposite of grieving tonight is to please him. And of course, again, the context of Ephesians 5, where you find that verse, is, um, of course, it's, it's all about the flesh, isn't it? The way we speak, the way we act, where we're angry, where we give the devil the opportunity. Um, all those things of, of actions and attitudes that are opposed to God's word. That's the flesh. And we know exactly what they are because what happens is me comes up. Me is first. Someone's, the wife says something to me. Jackie says something to me. I don't like it. So what do I do? Well, I, of course, don't say anything. I just walk away. But there were times in the past that I say that I counter it. I'm, I, I can be, I got a quite a nasty tongue, sadly. I had three older brothers, so we learned how to do this. Sad, not a good thing to learn. And I can say things right back. Now remember, what I would say, might, what I'm, I would have said might not be wrong, but it wasn't right, was it? Because uh, me's risen up, and I've said something negatively or cutting attitudes, actions, quarreling, it says, uh, distress, bitterness, and all this, all revolving around me. That grieves the Holy Spirit, grieves him to the heart. But, thankfully, we can please him. Make our homes inviting for him to stay and to dwell. Romans 8, 12 to 16. When you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out of our Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, and if heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, 
Led of the Spirit, led of the Spirit, will counteract those of the flesh. And he's very clear, isn't he? If you're led by the flesh, you cannot be involved. You cannot be of the Lord, he said. It's, it's, it's the, it's the antithesis of walking and being led by the Spirit. And thankfully, we can examine our hearts, can't we? Because when we get saved, we have the ability to really look. Now again, be careful, because the Laodicean church were self-deceived. But that sometimes is because you allow yourself to get deceived and you go along a path. That's why it's great to, again, come under the sound of the word. The spirit-led, spirit-living, spirit-led, spirit-listening to what he has to say. Knowing again that his spirit testifies to our spirit, we are children of the living God. To please him. Ephesians 5, 8-11. So, again, light does come, light exposes, brings direction, brings comfort, all those things we talked about light before. Walk in the find out what pleases the Lord. That is something we have to do, and we've looked at that many times. How do we please the Lord? Well, by faith in him. Without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. He, Hebrews 13, what does the Bible say? For the continual sacrifice of praise, the fruit of my lips, to give thanks to you. Do not neglect doing good and to fellowship, for with such sacrifices, what? God is pleased. God is pleased by my praise, by my doing good works, by my fellowship. Philippians 4 says what? Your gift is like a fragrant offering, pleasing sacrifice, well-pleasing to the Lord. Why? Because God's a giver. And when he, he, we, are rep, we, are, we are his, we replicate his character. So we are givers. We are givers. Now, for some of us, it's easier than others, isn't we? I mean, um, uh, my grands were, well, they were widows from very young, didn't have a lot of money. You know, widow's pension, very poor, but generous, generous. They would give you, uh, you know, do you want 10 bob? But we, we're old enough to know what 10 bob is, don't we? Generous. So in one sense, that's come down um, and, and that was sown into me as a young boy. So generosity, um, although I'm, the Lord does ch challenge me sometimes uh, uh, to, to stretch. But, you know, God is good. That's, that pleases the Father. And we'll read the, the other one that pleases the Father in the New Testament. Lord, to please him. To please him. That's our prayer. That's our cry. God wants us to please him. Opposite of grieving is to please him. And the other one we looked at, and a few others, but we took the opposite of resisting. The opposite of resisting him is allowing him, letting, living with him. Romans 12, 1 to 2. I should know this one off by heart. I beseech you therefore, brethren, that the mercy of God, to present your body as a living sacrifice, only acceptable to God. Which, are, which is of your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and you may prove what is good 
The opposite of resisting is surrender. Surrender. And again, we said, Paul spent 11 chapters explaining salvation. And then in the 12th chapter, he said, therefore. So what are you saying? Now, this is what salvation is. Now, what is your response? Therefore, give your hearts, present your bodies as living sacrifices. This is what pleases the Lord. To please him. To surrender is the opposite of resisting. To surrender. To walk worthily, the Bible says. But also, Galatians 5 says, now you were, you were living by the Spirit. You were led by the Spirit. Careful now. Keep in step. Uh, Galatians 5. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against this thing there is no law. Very clear, isn't it? Keep in step. That means to walk in line, to keep in or to keep listening, to keep uh, close to him and again see the context where's your fruit again we can easily examine our lives to see look at those fruit to see again are they increasing are they being reproduced in my life we can look to take them one by one and day by day said lord or look last year again we look at patience kindness and all those listening and again the context is relationships don't envy conceited provoking one another See, one of the great marks of the Holy Spirit moving is, is there's a unity because he's changing us. <laughs> That's one, one amazing thing, isn't it? There, there's, there's, there's a greater relationship, um, a blessing, and we're growing, we're growing. And so, um, again, we learn to bite our tongue, don't we? <laughs> we learn to, to forgive. Why? Because God forgives us. We've got no choice in the matter, but we're still not very good at it, at, at forgiving. So there's, there's the Lord keeping in step with him, listening. Jesus said, after the sower parable, very interesting in Luke 8, he says, take care, watch, look, be careful how you hear, how you listen. Because remember, we took the sower parable, it's not just a parable of salvation. It's this parable of how you receive God's word. Carelessly, emotionally, distraction, or carefully. And only one soil produces fruit. That which is careful, that which is getting his heart right, which is hard to receive God's word. Of course, the careless, ah, well, that doesn't affect me, that doesn't interest me. And it's fell by the wayside. The emotional, of course, oh, that's a wonderful word. I love God's promises. But God will test the promise to see if you really believe it. And when the test comes, because the, the seed hasn't really embedded in our hearts, it'll go, that that. That'll go. That promise will drift off. The distracted hero, things, there are millions of distractions, especially in our world today, much more than ever before, that distract us and take our minds to the cares of the world 
uh, the, the, the deceitfulness of riches and all those other things that distract us. That's why we've got to be more disciplined than ever before to turn things off, to put things aside, to set aside time so we, um, knowing that we can hear him clearer, the background noise is put aside. So the opposite of resistance is surrendering. Why do we surrender? Well, he's the father of heaven. He's our, he's our great God. He's our savior. He's our Lord. He's our friend. Why would we not want to surrender to him? <clears throat> the opposite, <clears throat> again, of, remember we talked about uh, our nice and fire lying to the Holy Spirit. The antidote for that is to be honest with him. Allow him to search, allow him to search us and allow him to show us. Lord, search me. We've said it, didn't we? And then, then the Lord begins to show us. And we say, oh, wait a minute, Lord. That's, that's not about me, is it? Remember we said before, sometimes you see things in other people. Generally, God is revealing that error in you. Oh, Dave, is that true? I mean, you read it. It's very clear. Don't first take a, the plank out of your eye before the, the speck. When Di- how, how, how angry was David when uh, the prophet Nathan came and said, oh, there's a little lamb, and then he said, get him in here now. We'll square him up. He won't, he won't live another day. Nathan said, you were that man. We're good at that. That's why allow him, to sh- allow him to search you, but allow him to show you. Ephesians 4, 1 to 3. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that he is more worthy of the location wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness and weakness, with all suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Again, we walk worthily. We walk in a newness of life. We're not walking on our own. We're not walking on our own strength. God has come in. The Holy Spirit is in. He wants us to walk in him, with him, keep in step with him, walk in the light, walk by faith. There's lots of things there. Walking It's another, another subject. But walk worthily of, of the calling. Remember who your father is. Remember who you're representing. Remember you're an ambassador. Remember whose son and daughter you are. Walk worthily of him. And this last one. Um, that, that I just cropped up in my heart that we can lose the wonder. See, when we lose the wonder of salvation, we forget and, and we, we won't keep in step. We, we'll grieve the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is always trying to re- testify of Jesus, glorify Jesus, taking us to Jesus. We forget the wonder. It is easy to forget the wonder, isn't it, of, of salvation. Israel, again, the Bible, we just read it, is, is for example, in sample, to mark, it's an admonition in our minds. Look, this is what these were like. Don't follow their example. The Bible says of Israel that in the day, the cloud led them, and in the night, the fire, the pillar of fire was there. Just think about that now. When they mourned and groaned and rebelled and disobeyed, the cloud was still there. And the pillar of fire was there. See, they'd become familiar with the presence of God. Now, familiarity, the old proverb, breeds contempt. And that led, led into um, disobedience and rebellion. Never lose the wonder of salvation. We can do it so easily. We get into a rectum. We get into a routine. We like a bit of routine. Nothing wrong with a routine if it's good routine. But we, we get into that 
place where we just settle. We forget. And that's why the Bible, uh, uh, this last verse is talking to the Hebrews who were drifting. They were drifting. They'd lost the wonder of salvation. He said, let me give you the antidote. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Seeing those people have gone ahead of us, looking unto Jesus, not just looking, looking that means to take our attention off anything else, keep our attention on him, focus, but also consider him. Why did he say that? Consider him so you will not grow weary and he will not lose heart. Because we are prone to do that. We are prone, and some of us more than others, depending on how our, our, our sort of personality bent is. But what does he say? The antidote is to keep our eyes on Jesus, to keep our eyes on the wonder of the gospel, that he, the King of heaven, has died for me, saved me. More than that, he's put his hand upon me. He's called me. I didn't call him. I made no, not my initiative, his initiative. He put his hand upon me. Bless the Lord. And he wants to come into me. He wants to fill me. He wants to empower me, enable me, and all those things. He does. Never lose the wonder of that. That we, specks of dust, not even important in our little village, are we? No one knows us, even you. Not even important in our own family. Yet, the God of heaven has invested in us. Sealed us with Holy Spirit. Put his engagement ring on us. What amazing. Then, when we begin to realize that, the wonder, then that's why Paul said, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Because he wanted to know me. And he came and had an encounter with him. So tonight, the, the negative responses that we can all fall into, let's turn them into positives. Knowing him. Learning of him looking to him, listening to him, being led by him, allowing him to live through us, letting him have his way. Oh, let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, the Bible says, let. That's an allowance, isn't it? Allow God to have his way in us. Bless the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org. Thank you.